Hello, and you are tuning in to Don't Overthink It, the podcast. I'm your host, serial entrepreneur, first-time mom, and straight shooter, Terrace Sherman. Every stage of life comes with its own set of challenges, and in each weekly episode, I will dive into the topics that are difficult to face. I'll be bringing you interviews from trailblazing guests, as well as healing-centered solo episodes. Life comes at you fast. Don't overthink it. Don't think about it too much, too much, too much, too much. Hello, and you're tuning in to another episode of Don't Overthink It, the podcast. For this episode, I have a special guest. (laughs) She's been here before. Yes. Yes, Miss Lakia Richardson. So hi, Lakia. I want to thank you so much for joining me today. I know we had some technical difficulties last time, but we're gonna get it together this time. <laughs> Absolutely. And it wasn't that bad last time either. We probably could have made it work. But I, you know, I love talking to you and I'll be here every day if I could. <laughs> so I'm all for it. Great, great. So before um before we dive in, guys, um, so I had Lakia on before, and I'm actually going to link her previous podcast in the episode notes. So it's always a really good conversation with her, always a lot of gems. Lakia has lived, okay, listen, and she is yes. still living. And I wanted to take time to really highlight her book. It's called Boundaries. Y'all listen, okay. God really just like downloaded this writer gift into her spirit because she is an amazing writer. Um, And I cannot wait to dive into this book. Yes, yes. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much, girl. I'll be, I ain't even gonna lie to you. Like lately, me and God have been going back and forth. Like, is this what you really want me to do? (laughs) (laughs) Should I still be doing this? Like, you sure? Because I promise you this journey in the book that I'm writing right now, Rearrange, has not been as easy as the other ones have been. Um, And I honestly think it's just because I'm in a different mental space than I normally am. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm really hard on myself. I mean, I I literally like to write stories that entertain, but have some type of substance. And so my approach is I use a lot of those things that have happened in my life or happened to the people around me. And I try to build stories around that. And so here lately I'm trying to write an upbeat but still dramatic and an entertaining story and I've been in a bad mental space so it's kind of difficult I've been like I said I've been going back and forth with God but hey I'm not it's it's I, I no matter how many times I've said you know what forget this computer forget these words <laughs> forget everything mm-hmm. in a day or two I'm back like okay wait a minute I had a dream <laughs> like, <laughs> it's crazy no but <clears throat> and then I think that that's normal too just to like piggyback off what you were saying um I hear so many people who like who are building something who are in the process of building something it's always like you get to that stage where it's like is this even what I'm supposed to be doing I feel like if you get to the point where you asking that question you you heading in the right direction okay because that is something that is very um similar across entrepreneurs across people working on passion projects like in deep variety too so one could be an author one hairstylist one is uh, an artist like it's just so many different things and one thing I do here is that we all get to this stage I me too included we all get to that place of like is this even what I'm supposed to be doing so I think that's a sign that you are (laughs) well you know what I'm going to receive that I never thought about it from that point of view so I really appreciate that Jim because sometimes you know like you like for me I've been to that place where it's like okay um, I'm an independent author, you know, so it's not like I have a major publishing company behind me. This is funded by me. Um, so I invest a lot. I invest a lot of time. I invest a lot of money, resources um, to, to, to bring it to fruition. And sometimes when you don't get all of the results that you want, you know, like I think still to this day, people don't necessarily understand support. Um, mm-hmm. You know, me and my hubby, we have a family channel. And um, he also has a sneaker YouTube channel or whatever. And so we, we, we get a lot of support, but people believe like, hey, I'm going to buy a book in my, in my genre anyway, in my arena, I'm gonna buy a book. I support you. It absolutely is support. And while I appreciate it, 
I really need you to read it and I need you to write a review because I'll be honest in saying boundaries, which is what we'll be talking about shortly. Best sales ever that I've ever received from any of my books. It sold so well till the people who actually did read it went back and bought the other two. So for a couple of months there, it was like, oh my gosh, I might be getting close to a bestseller. Let me go keep going. And then boom, you're like, hey, write reviews. People don't. Hey, answer this question. They won't. You know, and it's like, I need y'all so that I can keep going. So like I said, you start getting to a place where you question it. Or for me, the approach that I have been taking was I'm questioning like, is this worth it? You know what I mean? Because I'm, I've still not reached the goals. And I know like it's so many authors that's been writing all their lives and still haven't reached the goals that they want to, but I would like to go ahead and, you know, like turn in that two weeks notice and sit here and write forever. You know what I mean? So I'm like, Hey, how do I do it? You know, like what is the best approach or whatever? So it sometimes gets discouraging to the point where, like I said, I'm asking God, like, Hey, you sure this is what you got for me? Can you let this feeling on the inside of me go away so I can focus on something else? I mean, I gotta be good at something else, right? (laughs) (laughs) So it's crazy. So I love the way that you just broke that down because like I said, it gives me another way to to think about things so I can stay a little bit more motivated. Yes, because I'm telling y'all, okay, listen, and I'm guilty too. So I I just wrote on my to-do list while you was talking, go write a review. So (laughs) (laughs) because as... um, as independent business owners, artists, writers, et cetera, that review is like a really big deal. And I don't, I don't think people like fully understand it. And I know me for myself as a service-based business, as an independent cosmetic <clears throat> company, excuse me, that that is what helps to build that trust. So it's like, oh, okay, well, the social proof. Everybody else like it, so chances are I'm gonna like it too, you know. And right, I'm definitely gonna make sure I go leave you a review because guilty, guilty is charged. Okay, guilty. Yes, listen, reviews, and I gotta make sure that I review you as well because, to your point, I mean, and, and I'm a consumer, so you often don't have time. I think about all the times I buy stuff from Amazon and they immediately send a link like, hey, what did you think about this product? And I'll be like, oh, I got to get to this next email. So yeah. let, I'll get back to it. And then you look back in your bo- inbox and you're like, dang, I never reviewed it. And then before you know it, you've bought something else and you've moved on. So I get it. I definitely do. However, to your point, like if we're not talking about each other, first and foremost, and, and that's one of the struggles that I have with social media as well, because um, everybody's always like, you need to post more, you need to do more. Okay, so what does that actually look like? Because I can't be the only person on my page saying, hey, I got a great book. Right. You need the audience to speak for themselves. I can't have just my family saying, hey, this is an awesome book. Make sure you support my sister or make sure you support my friend. Of course, they're going to do that. You need authentic people who don't know anything about you, who just took a chance on your product and said, okay, I thought this was good, bad, indifferent, whatever it is, just say something, you know what I mean? And so I have definitely been making myself way more aware, just experiencing this and realizing like how impactful reviews are. I've been taking the initiative to like take one day a week with stuff I buy or people I support and say something, you know what I mean? Because it's needed. Yeah, because I, I literally, um, now I am the type because I do a lot of stuff and so I'm always working. And so my form of support is like, oh, okay, let me go buy this real quick, you know? And so when it comes time to do that follow-up or leave a review or people are like waiting to see what I think about it, like, okay, well, what do you think? You know, <laughs> I kind of, uh, I, I do drop the ball a lot with that. So uh, I am going to try. I took that as a personal charge. I feel like God was like, Here's, here you go, Terrace. <laughs> to really, because it's like, I, I take a lot of time supporting, well, not a lot of time, but I, I do support small businesses, a lot of Black-owned businesses. And it's like, okay, yeah, thanks. Like the dollar's going to go a long way, but that review can go so much further because that'll bring new customers and people you don't know and people that, you know, that you know, because they're like, oh, she like it, then I might like it too, you know. So, yeah, I, I took that as a personal charge. <laughs> I get it, girl. I really do. Anyone that I get, I'm all about it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So, okay, let's dive in. So before, because I do have some questions, forms, okay. some talking points about this story, because this is, y'all, okay, let me not get ahead of myself. Let me, let me, let me slow, let me tiptoe into this. Okay, so before we do 
just dive like right into the story, right? Um, mm-hmm. You share, I know we've already talked about, um, you know, you being a writer, um, you know, your uh, YouTube channel with your husband. Can you share more about who you are? What do you do? Um, you know, and I know you talked about you wanting to do writing full time. So like, what do you do outside of writing? Just share a little bit more about yourself. Great, of course. So I am Lakia Richardson. Um, I always joke and say Kiki because most times when people see the spelling of my name, they get confused immediately, regardless of what I'm saying. It's Lakai, Lakia, Lackey, all those things. So Kiki is totally fine. Um, <clears throat> let's see, who am I? I am a mother of two. Um, I have a son who's 20 and a daughter who is four. I've been married, this year will be 13 years, but we've been together for 17 years and I'm married to Mike Rich, which a lot of people know him from his platforms with the sneaker, um, what do you call it? Sneaker station, sneaker tuber, or whatever you call him or what have you. Um, by day, I am a senior product manager. I work for a bank. And while I do love what I do, it gives me opportunities to stay creative. It's not my product. <laughs> and um, all I do is manage it. And while it's very a very rewarding career, I do want to write full time. Um, Boundaries, the book that we'll be discussing is my third book. I'm actually in the process of writing my fourth, um, Rearranged, which is the follow-up to the series. The series is, I started out calling it the On the Inside series, but I got kind of overwhelmed with just that name because I started with On the Inside Looking Out, then it was On the Inside Wanting Out, and I didn't know where else to go. <laughs> so I said, right. you know what, let me break this up a little bit, but it's all, it's, it's thus far a four-part series. Um, I'm trying to conclude the series because I have some other passion projects that I want to work on, um, that I've actually already started to work on or whatever that I'm way more passionate about than these characters or what have you. So um, yeah, in a nutshell, that is who I am. Um, I enjoy music. I enjoy, I love writing. Um, I am very fun living. I have a potty mouth. Um, I love, um, I, I, I consider myself more of a tomboy because I like to dress down, but kind of still have a girly edge or whatever. And I am a fan of statement shirts. So if anybody's following me at Lakia, you'll see a whole bunch of them. Um, so yeah, that's who I am. <laughs> You keep a bomb statement shirt. I'll be like, that's the one right there. Every picture I see, like, that's it right there. Like, Girl, I spent so much money on it. I'll think of something. I'm like, oh, then the first thing I'll do is go to Amazon to see if they got it. And if they don't, I'm reaching out to somebody who's printing shirts. They're like, hey, can you make this shirt for me or whatever? So I told myself I was going to have to uh, switch it up because, girl, I have so many. And unfortunately, when you're posting yourself on social media, you almost feel like I can't wear this outfit again because I've already had it. And if I take a picture, then, you know, like you go down this whole rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have like a closet full of statement shirts that I probably have only wore once. So I got to figure something else out. But I love them. <laughs> I know. Oh, social media. Love it. Hate it. Love it again. Yes. 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 <laughs> I was like buying outfits. So I'm like, oh my God, I got to take. Like, especially when, because um, I still blog, but I, um, I've gotten away from that being like the sole premise of Life of the Tour. So now I like combine everything into like this one platform, which is, you know, my personal brand. But I would just like literally like plan out these photo shoots go get the outfit, wear the outfit in the picture. And I'm like, damn, what did I do with this outfit? Where did it go? Like, right? <laughs> oh yeah, but you, you be having a bomb uh, statement pieces on. Thank and, you, thank you. And so my next question is, um, at what point did you decide that you wanted to be a writer? Is this something that you've always wanted to do? Or did you have sort of like an aha moment where it's like, this is what I'm called to do? actually had an aha moment. I've always been an avid reader um, for as long as I can remember. I, I remember being back in the second grade and I had um, a teacher, Miss Brown, and, and she used to play this game um, so that she can make sure that we paid attention and it was called popcorn. And I almost feel like looking back at it now from what I remember, she may have introduced it to me for me because you got an opportunity to read out loud and I love to do that. You know what I mean? And so every time she would say, who wants to take this chapter? I would be raising my hand like, and she was like, you can't go all of the time. But I thoroughly enjoyed popcorn because you never know knew when you were going to get um, chosen. And so it forced you to pay attention, but I just wanted to read. And so um, I remember her 
she we used to have like this reading corner and it was like this real huge teddy bear and every once in a while like when I would start kind of I guess getting bored or getting agitated or whatever she would give me a book and say go and read it to the teddy bear and that was way back in second third grade um so I I've just always enjoyed like great stories but and I would you know like I've, I've been journaling probably since maybe the seventh grade where it's just I needed to write down my day but I never really thought about like I can be an author I can tell a story I can do all of these things and so um probably in 2010 is when I first experienced a major bout of depression I think I had already been going through it for a while I just didn't know what it was that I was feeling. And so I started doing some research because I'm like, this is just not normal. I shouldn't be feeling like this every day or whatever. And so I ended up going to a therapist and in counseling, she was like, well, what do you like to do? Because by this time I had gone through hell over high water in my life, a lot of abuse, a lot of just toxic relationships, toxic, hell, my whole life was toxic. And, and I was dealing with this on my own. And so when I get to the therapist, she was like, well, what do you like to do? What's your outlet? And I was like, I like to read and write. She said, have you ever thought about putting your story in a book? And I was like, no. And she was like, just try it. You know what I mean? Like write everything, just let it go. That's going to be a really, really good release. So over the year that I spent with her, I was just writing. And when I got to the end of it, I was like, oh gosh, I put, I mean, I felt so relieved and I enjoyed the process so much, just recalling situations that had I had been through and, you know, like being able to just get my thoughts and feelings out there. And it was a, in a safe place because nobody else was reading this. You know what I mean? It was just what I was doing. I would turn in assignments to her and she was like, oh my gosh, this is so good. Like, are you sure you don't want to be a, a, a author or anything? And so when we get to the end of the assignment, she was like, so what are you going to do with this? And I was like, nothing. And so she was like, oh my gosh. She was like, I was hoping that you would say that you wanted to publish it. Well, at that point, I started thinking to myself, like, I'm ready to deal with a lot of stuff that I've dealt with, but I use like real names and real situations or whatever. I can't put people business out, out there. And so she was like, you're super creative. Even the way that you told your authentic story was done in a very creative way. Maybe you should turn this into fiction. And that's how On the Inside Looking Out was birthed. Yeah. And so after that, I didn't write again. I mean, I, I kept writing, but I didn't put anything else out again until 2019, which is when On the Inside Wanting Out came in, mm -hmm. out. Because honestly, it's so weird. But in life, what I've learned is you can think that you're doing something so positive and you start, you, you depend on the people around you to support you, to congratulate you, to encourage you, to do all of those type of things. But often it happens the opposite way. When people, when I put that book out, I lost so much, so many friends, so much family. My family really didn't even support me that much. Um, and, and so it made me clam up because unfortunately I do have one of those people pleaser type personalities. Not that I'm just gonna, you know, go crazy and make you like me and buy you gifts and do all of this type of stuff to get your buy-in. But I've struggled with relationships so much till they're really important to me. And so I do tend to go out of my way to try to continue on with relationships, even if they have exposed themselves and I see them as toxic. And so after I wrote that book and the falling outs that I had and, you know, like from people who I really thought would be cheering me on, it was like, okay, I can't do this anymore. But it was just still this feeling on the inside of me, like, girl, continue to do it. But it was more people like, no, nah, you shouldn't do that no more because you saw what happened or whatever. So I really just didn't have that support system. And so um, I had started going to a beauty salon um, that my best friend referred me to. Mm -hmm. And when we get got there, she was like, you know, my friend wrote a book and she don't even be telling nobody about it and blah, blah, blah. And they was like, bring the book. We're going to read it because we would go like every two weeks on Thursdays. And so we used to spend the night where they would actually read the book and they encouraged me so much like girl if you know why I need to know what's gonna happen next and blah 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 and I was like you know what I'm gonna step out of my face and I'm gonna do it and so on the inside one and out came out it was it did well and then I after that again more life happens and I started realizing that I don't have any boundaries <laughs> set for myself and I was afraid to incorporate them I didn't necessarily understand how to do that because one thing about relationships is it the way that they start off is the way that people want them to continue and so when you start to incorporate boundaries or make any change the person you're in a relationship with who's no longer benefiting from your lack of boundaries 
generally feels attacked. <laughs> and so here are new relationships that's going down the drain or you acting different or, you know, all of a sudden you such and such, such and such. And so again, more toxic situations. And so that's how I got the boundaries because it was so much going on around me. Um, that book is the first book that I was probably the most creative and didn't just use uh, storylines that were personal to me, but just stuff that I was experiencing, stuff that I was in the midst of or whatever. But I just felt like it was a story that needed to be told and I wanted to do it in a creative way. So then we have boundaries. <laughs> so that's kind of how it started and how I got to where I am now. And then that's funny because I was going to say, okay, so I'm like, okay, let's, now we're going to cross over into getting into this book. And so I, I do think that it's really, I'm honored that you came on for a second time because the first episode that you and I did together where I featured you, I feel like we really got like inside your head, inside your life, you know, a little bit in your business. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, I just really want to dive into this book and the inspiration behind this book. And so we talk about your inspiration as a writer and what helped you to develop this story. Was there any additional inspiration behind this book specifically? Um, like personal experiences, people that you know, like what was your like writing process for developing this story? So boundaries is, a lot of people often think that it's really a stand um, on the inside looking out and on the inside wanting out were really like that's the way I tell a lot of my story again it started off with I guess you would call it autobiography that I turned into an urban fiction novel based off of true events and so I had to finish because the first book on the inside looking out I actually left it as a um to be continued type thing. And so when I went to On the Inside Wanting Out, of course, I'm at a different stage. I had to use a lot of creativity because that book is just a continuation of the first one, but it's really not authentically my story. So again, by the time I got to boundaries, I was in a place in my life where I just started feeling like everybody was taking advantage of me, like literally everybody. Like, girl, I would wake up some mornings and hadn't talked to some of these people in months, weeks, and I would have cash out requests, okay? Mm -hmm. That was just like such and such, such and such name, $100 request as if I was paying a bill or something. You know what I mean? No, hey, good morning. <laughs> Let me even bother to give you an explanation of why I need this money. How are you doing? Are you still alive over there? Nothing. It was just cash out requests. And so I started feeling like, wait a minute, why am I being treated this way? Or it started being one of those situations where you would, I would, I would end up in situations where I have this plan. This plan works for me, but I want to include you in my plan. And as soon as I include you, all of a sudden it becomes about you. And now I'm making adjustments in my life to accommodate yours. And I'm like, why is it? I mean, when I tell you, it was just like an overwhelming amount, even in my relationship, even in my marriage, I, I started feeling like everywhere that I go, I'm being taken advantage of. No, I'm doing this for you as a wife, but it's not an obligation, you know what I mean? And so I, it started feeling like people didn't appreciate you no more. You just started any favors that you did was just a part of a, a, a obligation. So I started saying to myself, well, I gotta do something to change this. I need to start saying more, no more. I need to address these people head on instead of sending you this $20 cash out. No, I'm getting ready to call you. Why did you feel like this is okay for you to do it? So like I said before, now I'm trying to take control of my life, understanding a little bit more about boundaries and, I start inserting myself and I'm like, no, I don't have it, but I know you got it. Like then they start negotiating with you about what you got and what you can do for them. And I'm like, this is just going downhill. And so it was really stressing me out or whatever. And so I started the book with some of those kinds of stories. And then I wanted some fresh characters, some, a different look, a different feel, a different career, just some stuff, because I like to do a lot of research and and bring a story together that's relatable, not just for, to one type of person, but other people. I want I want the people who read the book to say, oh, I see myself in her or what have you. And so I kind of started going in that direction. And then, like I said, I'm in the midst of a lot of stuff. I actually um, had somebody very close to me who was in a, an abusive relationship where her partner didn't like her kids. You know what I mean? And so she would share a lot of stuff with me and we would go back and forth or whatever. And so I kind of asked, I said, hey, your story is very intriguing to me. And I know a lot about it. Do you mind if I kind of play off of it for my book? And she was like, no, I would love to see what you do with it or whatever. So kind of got her permission and started digging into the 
the thought process of being in a relationship with somebody, trying to hold on to a relationship with somebody because your kids are getting ready to age out of your house and you like, I finally want something for me or whatever. So that was really intriguing to me or whatever. So I was like, I'm going to use it. Then I um, had a couple of encounters with some people who I felt like they were narcissists and that was really intriguing to me so again it's weird because because of the way I write and because of what I bring to my writing it's almost like I'm always placed in situations that continue to allow me to be creative and bring real life situations entertain people while being still creative does that make sense I hope I answered your question because I know that was like the the, the long book and I think that you did a really great job I'm I'm just going to say, Kiki, I feel like we're friends at this point because you've been on here twice. <laughs> yes, we are, honey. <laughs> and so I feel like you did a really good job because that's a realistic depiction of the varying relationships that we have and the overlapping relationships that we have, like in real life. You know, we have friend circles. Yeah. We took taking a friend from another circle and try to place them within that circle. We've got you know, people have been married or divorced and they have children, they're co-parenting, they're, you know, it, it's it's so many layers, I think, to relationships. And at first I was like, okay, I'm trying to, at first I felt like, um, I'm like, oh, there's a lot of characters in here just by reading, you know, like the back of the book. But the way that you really share this story and you show like the interaction between them and, and how one's actions impact the other. And I was like, oh, this is really just like our ecosystem, like in real life. So, cause we have, we have this interesting friendship dynamic between Blake and India, which I feel like we've seen all too well. And so um, like, I guess we can start there. <laughs> um, okay. before, and I'm just gonna go down the list. So we, uh, we can start with Blake and India. So for them, you know, and, and, you know, so just to summarize, guys, so it's, it's a group of friends. So like I said, it's a lot of overlap, but we see like a special connection. I think, I think in each friend group and, and Kiki, you could join in or um, kind of chime in, let me know what you think. I think sometimes your friends or like, you know, there are friends that are closer with each other than they are with the rest of the group. Um, right. And that is what Blake and Indy are giving me. Like they're close. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that they talk to each other, it it feels like a sister relationship. Like exactly, um, India is actually like inserting herself. Well, Blake kind of put her there, <laughs> but India is involved in like the co-parenting arrangement, drop-offs with Blake's son and um, her, uh, her ex-husband. And so talk to me about like the create the development of these two characters specifically. Like, why did you feel like it was important to show um, this friendship dynamic? I thought that that friendship, that that was the friendship dynamic that was near and dear to me. I think um, for me, it's, it's one of those situations where you do have a sisterhood with someone, that person that you actually grew up with, they know you inside and out. Or what have you but then as you continue to grow a little bit older although you guys are connected you realize that hey I want some other people to join us <laughs> you know what I mean I can't we can't teach each other everything we can't do we, we will always be in the same space if we don't introduce ourselves so India is more of an introvert she's very analytical she's very judgmental while Blake is I want friends and I want to go places and I want to do all of these things and so for me in this specific relationship that I'm actually still in now, um, that was a challenge because I am that very much outgoing person who wants to introduce people together, bring people together, have different experiences with people. And it's a struggle um, because the person in the relationship as well, she's just like, uh, -uh you don't need to do that. Nope. These people just from a lot of negative, negative experiences, or just even watching me go through things. Mm -hmm. Um, it's like, you know, like sometimes when you're so close to your own situation, you don't realize when people are taking advantage or when you're being mistreated or whatever. And so when you have a friend that's close, of course, they are very invested in what you have going on and they can see a lot of different characteristics, a lot of things that you don't see because you just so, oh, let me pat you on your back and we'll, we'll work through this or whatever. And so it's, it's really a story of I don't trust you to take care of yourself. So I feel like I got to almost bodyguard you. But now I've spent so much time being your bodyguard so I really don't have an identity on my own. 
So if I don't get an opportunity to, if you don't finally tighten up and get yourself together, then I, I need to walk away from this if I plan to have a, a, a life of my own. And so that's kind of how Blake and India are. And again, like I said, it's, it's, it's a personal situation to me um, because I live that exact situation as now. And, and I'm always apologizing, like, I'm sorry. I know I did it again. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I can't help who I am and she can't help who she is. I'm just thankful that we can tolerate each other. But it does get to a situation. I wouldn't necessarily, I, I definitely wouldn't call our relationship toxic, but I have had to be more aware of what I bring in who I bring around because I realized how draining the situation could be. So that's kind of the inspiration behind their relationship. Um, that best friend is just going through everything with you. Don't watch you be beat up, watch you go through hell over high water and you constantly leaning on them. But at the same time, it's almost like, okay, finally get out of my life because now I want to do my own thing and they don't know how to let go. Yeah. And it's so funny. <laughs> I could relate to this dynamic and not from a friendship standpoint, but from a sister standpoint, mm -hmm. uh, because I just know like um, I went through like a really crazy time in my life and I was like really depending upon my sister, not not in a financial way, but like emotional codependency is real. Like, <laughs> it is very real, very. And so when it came time for me, because I was like planning this big move, but I, I was starting to have separation anxiety at the thought like, oh my God, like... <laughs> Who like who am I gonna turn to if, if I can't turn to her? And she like, no, get your act like you leaving here, like you. Know <laughs> right, and sometimes you need that though, girl, because like I said, I mean, you oftentimes you, I'm 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 very intentional about a lot of things that I do, um, but even I get to a place where it's just like you know what type of person I am, so you 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 should be there. You shouldn't ever treat your friends like that, but it's easy to get into that space. So sometimes you need that person that's like, okay, I'm putting my foot down. No, you can't do this no more. Okay, you know what I mean. And it doesn't feel good when it happens, but it's necessary, you know, um, because if not, like you said, emotional dependency, which is definitely how I would describe this relationship with Blake and India as well as my own personal situation, you just. It, it just kind of happens because when people really truly love you, they are invested in everything that's going on in your life. And if you aren't taking care of yourself, then that is constantly putting so much heaviness, so much burden on them to a point where your relationship isn't even fun anymore because I'm constantly trying to cross correct everything that your ass out here doing. <laughs> you know what I mean? So we definitely have to be mindful and, um, and like I said, even vice versa, when you start seeing that it's happening to you, put your foot down or whatever. So with Blake and India, I think that they have a very interesting situation. Um, in the book that I'm writing now, they they appear again and you get to see that kind of develop a little bit more. But um, yeah, they they are the, the nucleus of their group, their friend group. And that's what it gave me. It gave me like these two are like main characters. Mm -hmm. Like everybody, all the, let me tell y'all, this book is so well written. I just can't even like, I'm not even to type you up either. Like this book is well written because when you start out, you see Blake and you see Peter and Blake is such like a strong storyline in herself. That's like mm -hmm. the main character. And because, you know, granted your brain sees her first, so your brain recognizing her as the main character. But then these, these other um, characters that are in this book all have very strong stories as well. Mm -hmm. so I want to uh, jump to the next character because we got a few to go through. Okay. <laughs> Karma next. Um, and Karma is one of the, the um, a friend of the group. She is successful. She's smart. She, you know, somebody that you would consider who has her stuff together. Um, but then she starts dating Antonio. Uh -huh. <laughs> And for some weird reason, Antonia does not like her child. Right. Let's dive into the development of these characters. Like so that so again, that that's the story where I was telling you that I have a friend who's actually um dealing with something very similar. And definitely not her exact story, but me as a friend and as a parent as well, I get it. I get 
I get, I, like I said, my son is 20. I had him when I was 18. I had my daughter when I was 34. And so I won't lie at 18, having a kid, definitely not as wise as I am right now, but my son pretty much grew up with me. I got two degrees while I was with him. I wrote books. I did all of these things. And so I almost feel like we're more, um, brother and sister than we are mom and son you know I mean we definitely have boundaries and he know not to try me but at the same time you know what I'm saying that's the relationship because of what everything that I was going through the whole entire time I was thinking when he turns 18 himself I'll just be 36 and I'll be able to do whatever it is that I want to finally life can be about me because as you are raising children and you'll know this yourself you give so much of yourself for them you know what I mean so you put you constantly putting yourself on your back on the back burner or whatever and finally you meet that one person and they're not perfect but they're perfect for you you know um and so that's kind of what karma's story was so she she's raised these two kids you know one of them she and, and if you think about her her the dynamics of her relationship she's always been in relationships where her partner didn't necessarily like what was going on with her kid um or like her kids period and so she was just kind of going from one situation to another one but for whatever reason antonio was her person and he was very abusive to her daughter and again going back to my friendship that I based the story upon she was very much in that situation a very highly intelligent woman um does have smaller kids but was in love with someone that all of us was like why like can you please like throw them in the trash get rid of them today you know but she couldn't see that and I was so confused because me being going back to my own personal story, me being a person that know that I had to make these sacrifices for my children it still wouldn't have been a person in my life that could come before my child. I'm not going to allow you to mistreat them. I'm not going to put them on a back burner. So to actually see her do this and make excuses for it was very eye-opening. Like, wow, everybody cannot just walk away from something. Like there is some people who have a level of selfishness within them, but it can be explained because it's like, hey, this is the one child that you don't like and if you give it five more months they're gonna be away at school and this is not gonna be a part of our every day but to be able to be sane and still make that decision it really bothered me so like like I said I was so intrigued by what she was going through girl I was looking up all types of medical <laughs> terminology all types of psychological issues like it, this is a real thing because I'm, I'm witnessing it and I don't understand it completely because here I am a mother I, I didn't reach my goal because when my son turned 18, I already had a, 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 a almost two-year-old at that point. So I had to start all over and boom, you're right back into that place of making those sacrifices and putting yourself on the back burner and all of those things. But this woman over here has pretty much made the decision that I'm just counting down the days so that I can be with this person and actually not have to worry about it. So for, for that story, like I said, it really hit home for me by God's grace they did resolve it they're no longer together she finally realized the error of her ways and but for me like I said I, I felt like it needed to be told because although it's not something I experienced or could necessarily relate to because in my mind I'm thinking you crazy as hell mm -hmm. people are actually <laughs> dealing with that type of stuff all of the time yeah go ahead I'm sorry no, 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 I said, I mean, like, I'm, I'm, I'm really thinking you crazy as hell. Ain't no way in the world. You know what I'm saying? I mean, all of my advice was like, no, get out of there. You deserve more, blah, blah, blah. But I just knew, I said to myself, if she is going through this, and this is somebody I highly respect, it's other people that can relate to this story. So I really felt like it needed to be told. It, it really does. And, and I mean, like, I was really trying hard. I really try hard, y'all, not to be judgmental. But I was reading this story, like, so like I just really wanted to thump her in her forehead like yes <laughs> like, like what's wrong with you yeah and then like now as as a mom who is I'm also a fiance I'm also you know I it's like I get the dynamic of wanting you know that connection with your spouse mm -hmm. I don't foresee myself ever like making the trade-off, like, oh, I prefer this one to to the one with my child. And nor do I want somebody who would be okay with me doing that. You know, so that's like an even deeper level of it. It's like, not only 
are you I mean, of course, who doesn't? We all want companionship. We all want that person for just us. We will oftentimes, you know, take a person who isn't 100% together and we'll build them up or whatever into what we want them to be. Like I said, sometimes people are just perfect for you. Um, But at the same time, when I got to put you next to my child and make a decision to it's either you or him or her or what have you, like it's, it's to me, like I said, Still to this day, and, and I definitely want to develop those characters a little bit more. They, they're not going to be in this next book. Um, but I really want to go back to the story a little bit more because I just want to do a little bit more research to see what is that? How does that actually happen? Because, again, it's something that I wrote about, but it wasn't something that I necessarily agreed with, nor did I completely understand it as I wrote it. I just did the best that I could based off of the experiences that I had or whatever. But it's like, I mean, the scary part is, again, daily, there are people who actually live this life. Like, they have made a conscious decision to be with somebody who does not like their children, and they're okay with that. Let's see, and I think it's, like, different dynamics for that, too, right? So it's like, um, like, you're choosing to be with someone who doesn't like your children, but I, I literally, I interviewed someone who, uh, quote, unquote, said that they walked away from being a mom, and I was really, you know, cause I'm new to motherhood, y'all. So I don't, I don't like to speak ahead of myself. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> right. like, like, is that something that happens? Do we all get to that point? And so as I'm growing and learning, um, but just listen to this person say this, it just, it didn't, it didn't sit well with me, but I try to keep an open mind, you know, when people are talking and I try to, you know, do some research and really think things through because I don't like to be like, oh, I never do, you know, I don't never say never because life done humble me quite a few times when I tried that route. Let's be clear. <laughs> okay, so that, that's why I am how I am, but I also feel like our experiences and our perspective shape that, right? And so like, whereas for, you know, for me, and I'm just speaking from my, my perspective and my experience solely, um, my mother was like all about her kids. Like she had started having children at 16 her and my dad and by the time before she was able to legally before she could drink she had four kids and we all a year apart and so I think like when you have children that young like your whole identity becomes these children right and absolutely uh, and so like as you know we all grown now we all I'm 31 her oldest child her youngest child how old would this man be 29 or 30 this year y'all forgive me it's a lot of kids in my life a lot of siblings <laughs> so and it's still like to the point where it's like, okay, so it's like, it's time for you to just don't worry about what these kids think, like, just do you. Um, right. I think that's really challenging. So like for me, you know, when I think of children and when I think of like, you know, even my, my son, I have a lot of nieces and nephews prior to me having my child. And I always made children a priority. If they needed something, they were the priority. If they were in danger, they're the priority. If they were conflicted, I made them the priority. But that was my experience because that's all I seen, you know, my the leading adult in my life, that's all I seen her do. And right, so, exactly. And I think that's like one end of the spectrum. And then you get to the end of the spectrum with other people who were like, they didn't have active parents. And they're like, I never want my child to feel this way. And so they bust their ass and they go hard for their children because like, I want them to have the opposite of what I had. Um, and so I guess let's dive into that. Like, you know, you you got a lot more experience in, in the mamahood department than I do. Um, do you feel that that is a stage that mothers get to? Like, where it's like, okay, like, I, I'm gonna take a break. I need some time off. <laughs> I don't. And here's the reason, like you said, um, so here's the thing. And I know this is kind of going off course, but I promise you I'm gonna bring it back. I think a lot of times what we don't consider when we get into relationships and different stuff like that, we are always thinking about the last person that they were with and how that relationship, and we pretty much judge and base the whole situation off of the last person that a person was with. The reality of it is, is it really starts exactly where you said, with those parental relationships. Because the thing is, so it's the parental relationships, but then it's also the personality, the characteristics, the integrity, all of those things that actually develop when you're very young we don't really change the people around us do but we don't you know and so for me going back to your uh, initial question my grooming was the exact opposite of yours my mom had me when she was 14 years old um 
my mom's mom had four daughters, four different baby daddies. And she is, my grandma loved her to death, but my grandmother is a nurturer. She is, I mean, she's not a nurturer. She's a provider. She does not do well with nurturing relationships whatsoever. But you have these four different girls who needed opposite things from you because neither one of your children are ever going to be the same. They absolutely aren't. And so the only thing she knew to do was you need some food, you need some clothes, you need this, you need that. I'm going to provide for you, but not going to hug you. I'm not going to love on you. I'm not going to encourage you. I don't even know how to do it. And apparently this maybe I mean, her mom, my, my great grandma, she had 12 kids. Just imagine with two and two on the opposite end of the spectrum, they need completely different things from me. It's hard as hell. You know what I'm saying? So just imagine being with 12 children. Of course, you're not getting, you know what I'm saying, giving them everything they need. So then this continues to transfer and it continues to transfer first. So by the time I'm born to a 14-year-old mom, number one, let's stop there. 14 years old. Mm-hmm. Imagine yourself at 14. When I was 14, and you finna give me a baby? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I can't even imagine it, you know, but she didn't know anything. And so my mom is very, still to this day, very, very, very abusive. Like, abusive to, like, I have been hit with some of everything. Um, emotionally abusive. Like, I'm definitely that girl that was constantly told, you ain't gonna never be shit. I regret I had you. Got compared to other girls that were around me um other people around me literally one of my worst enemies and I have no idea why other than I mean like as I've grown and I've learned more about her I realized she experienced her own trauma and just never dealt with it and so hurt people hurt people you know what I mean and so unfortunately I was just her punching bag or whatever so I could have did two things with that I had children I could have treated them the exact way that I had been treated, or I could invest time in getting to understand what my children needed from me, what I needed to do better about myself um, or change about myself. Cause I'll be honest, when you grow up in that type of environment, like literally right now, if you pull five people from my past and five people from my current, they will tell you completely different experiences with me because I had to grow through a lot of stuff I had like I said I got a potty mouth that's just I don't know if I can change that God's still working on me but I was mean I was um I ain't never been one of those type of backstop stabbing trifling people or whatever but I really just didn't connect with a lot of people you know what I'm saying I I I wanted to I, I had a need to but I was afraid of being hurt. So it was like this constant defense mechanism or whatever. So I really would get close to people. And when they got too close, I wanted to pull away. It was just a lot of different experiences I experienced. Even after I had my son, one of the things that I had to change about me was if he pissed me off, I was going off saying all types of stuff. And then I had to take a step back and say, you didn't like, now one of the things I didn't want to do was hit him because that hurt me most I felt at that time I felt the physical was more I didn't realize how much emotional damage had been done so with that being said I was inflicting emotional damage on him and it wasn't until like I had a moment like what I mean I really hurt his feelings with something I said and I said you know what I gotta get help because I don't want to raise a kid that has to heal from their childhood like I am I'm 39 years old and still spend buku money in counseling because I'm still trying to get myself together so I say all of that to say um me personally I don't check out of parenting I can't say I mean we everybody has a selfish moment in their body and it's days that I'm just like oh my gosh I gotta get a nanny um I even made a post on our our family page last night like because we haven't gone to Jamaica for a couple of days and so I miss my baby the whole entire time I'm calling them checking on her please send me a picture what is she doing let me hear her voice and she was back an hour and I was like gosh I need a break again (laughs) you know what I mean but at the same time as far as being there for them emotionally financially physically you know what I'm saying any way that I'm supposed to be a parent I cannot I never want them to experience the hurt that I have I never want anybody to be around that can mistreat them and I want them to have a completely different experience in life than what I did based off of what I've gone through. However, I do know people who have had similar situations to mine and they never did anything to try to fix themselves. So they are currently in that same cycle of abuse with their own children. Mm-hmm. Don't have relationships, haven't talked to them in a few months, did whatever. So again, it's it's a very real thing. We are groomed at a young 
age, we learn from our experiences, but at some point we have to make a decision to say, do I stay here? Because I know it ain't right. First and foremost, you got to realize that what you're doing is not right because that's another thing. A lot of people, when you've grown up in a toxic situation all your life and that's all you know and you continue to attract the energy that you put out so you constantly being introduced to more and more toxic people and you never get an opportunity to experience anything else, how do you know that what you're doing is wrong? You know, so I really do think that as adults, you know what I'm saying? Like for me, it was important. I knew what hurt. I knew what I didn't like. I knew when I saw the look on my face, on my son's face, when I made whatever comment to him that I couldn't do it no more. You know what I mean? So by the time I got my daughter, I, I feel like she's probably going to be ruined because she's constantly, even my son, I, I say it all the time. He's arrogant. He's confident. His arrogance isn't a, a I'm better than you or whatever, but I spoke so much into him. I encouraged him so much. I supported him so much. I gave him so much till it's not many people that can tear him down. That's what I wanted. Now, sometimes I see his little behavior being a little cocky and I'm like, Hey, you need to pull yourself together. But one thing I can honestly say, and he'll tell you too, he, he has some bad situations because we grew together. But he'll never be able to say it. Nah, like, I mean, like, we're pretty much best friends. You know what I'm saying? At this point, because he's grown. Um, and th- I plan to give my daughter the same thing because I didn't have that. And I'm still trying to heal from not having it. So to answer your question, no, as for me and my own experience, I am not that person who could check out a parenting. I, th- those my babies. God assigned them to me. And I'm going to do my absolute best until they'll do us part. Okay, because that's how I was feeling. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> Y'all got to tell me something because I was a little conflicted after that interview. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, but like I said, different situation, different strokes, different people, you know, it, it, it's just, it's, it's weird how that happens, but it happens all of the time. Yeah, and I, that is one thing that um, I would, that was instilled in me from a young age to even now, like what works with somebody else who may not necessarily work for you and I think that's why I think that's the beauty of hell like me just being me because I'm open to like understanding like okay like my way ain't right or wrong is just different than yours and exactly um and I think that's also the beauty of this platform right because you you can bring in people who have different experiences different viewpoints and you can just really make it a conversation like this is like genuinely a platform for people on women on the on the journey to self-love and entrepreneurship because I think we try to like achieve success mm-hmm. and work so hard on polishing our professionalism and building these businesses and writing these books and generating income and revenue. And then we can like really lack when it comes to our personal growth. Exactly. So what are some things that you do to like really stay in tune with you. I know life, you know, oh, let me let, let me clear something up for y'all. Either you are not exempt from life just because you have success either. I know I used to think that it was very green to me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> some things that you do. Uh, so really just stay in tune with yourself and to make sure that you are growing like personally in addition to professionally. For my personal growth, I'm 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 very in tune with myself now. Um, I realize when I'm being lazy, I've fallen off, you know what I'm saying? I'm not giving myself my best. Um, And so I take the time, like, I'm not one of those people. I'll never give people advice. Like, you know how sometimes people are serial entrepreneurs and they never get themselves time off. When I start getting into different mind space, I actually take a step back, take a break and really just think about myself you know what I'm saying what 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 are my goals what am I trying to experience what am I actually doing to get to those type of things but sometimes it's just you are in burnout burnout mode and and you don't even realize it you know what I mean so sometimes it's just about taking a break I spend a lot of time by myself when I can um of course I'm very busy I thank God I'm working from home have been for the last year or whatever so that has given me a lot of time um but I definitely every night I go into almost my shell after my friend I mean, my family is in the bed and I just spend time with myself. I journal a whole lot. I go back and read journals or whatever. And I'm I'm very honest. So I'm always putting everything that happened in that particular day in there. So it gives me an opportunity to go back and say, well, two months ago you were here and now you're here. You know what I'm saying? So was there any growth? Okay, now you need to put yourself back into go mode or what have you. So I take self-inventory. 
that's number one. Number two, I really value the opinions of the people that are, that are around me. And again, sometimes you don't know because you're so close to a situation. So I ask people around me like, hey, how have I been? You know what I'm saying? Like, am I giving you what you need? You know what I'm saying? Like, I give people an opportunity to give me feedback and I really do take it into consideration. Now, you know, people don't want you to be who they want you to be, how, how they want you to be or whatever. So you can't take everything, you know what I mean? But it's really a good um, assignment to do because sometimes we can think that we are working at 100% and everybody around us is like depleted or they, they you don't got on their nerves or they see that you're not really giving it your all or whatever. So being able to do those type of things. Um, I am a major believer in investing in my mental health. Um, so I, like I said, I stay in counseling. I stay in, in therapy. I'm not afraid to take medicine when I get to that place or whatever. And that has helped me because it's an unbiased opinion. It's the opinion of somebody do, who does not know you, your personal life, or well, they do eventually get to know you and your personal life more, but they're giving you more of a um, professional feedback or whatever, which is really, really, really important. I think a lot of times, like I said, counseling has always been taboo, especially in the black community. Mm -hmm. um, I see more people arguing into it or whatever, but it doesn't mean you're crazy. It means that you're aware enough to know that you need some help. And sometimes your friends aren't the help that you need because they're going to have a biased opinion. They're going to, um, a lot of times people don't know how to give you feedback. So they want to stay on the side of, let me not hurt her feelings or whatever. So you need somebody in your life, whether it's paid for or somebody that you really do trust to keep you grounded. Um, so um, in addition to investing in, in my mental health, you know what I'm saying? Like I work out, I ain't lost all the weight I want to, but I do work out because it actually does help a lot to, to for clarity and to keep your mind where it needs to be. Um, I read a lot. You know what I'm saying? I'm always interested in something. If something is, a, you may say a word and I'm going to go and research the whole entire word or whatever. And sometimes it opens up, you know what I'm saying? Um, other opportunities for you to meet people or whatever, who can actually help you along in your journey. That's the wonderful thing about life. You do have an opportunity to meet so many people that play very intricate roles in your journey. You know what I mean? You just have to take advantage of those things. So those are kind of things that I do to kind of keep me grounded, keep me aware. Um, I know all of them probably sound super boring, but they work for me. <laughs> so, and that's, that's really what matters. And so I know, like I said, a lot of people scream, oh, self-love, self-care, self-this, self-that. And so I think it's like really important to know like, what you said, it sounds boring. It's not always cute. Like, <laughs> right. You don't look like the workout videos that y'all be seeing. On. <laughs> right. Or, or my favorite is like a lot of, a lot of people are like, oh, I go to the spa and I do this or whatever. Those things are important, but I need a lot of you. That's is, I mean, if you're asking me what I do for pleasure, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'll go and do it, whatever. But when I really need to get down to the nitty gritty and me, going to the spa ain't helping me. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not where I need to be. So again, my process, everybody's entitled to their own. I would never criticize anything that anybody else does, but you have to really figure out what it is that works for you. Yeah, because I always laugh because I'm like, um, you know, getting my nails and stuff done. I was like, oh, that's my me time. But I'm sitting there, stressed out because I don't have access to my phone because they got my hands and theirs and and I'm like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. actually really not relaxing at all like, I really had to come to that realization because I think so often we think like all oh, these processes where we pamper in ourselves is a sin and it is because you know we do have to take care of ourselves so I'm not saying that it's not but I'm talking about the like internal care of our body. Mm -hmm. right like it, it might sound boring because the reality of it is, it ain't a party. Like, <laughs> right. But but here's the way that I look at it. And, and, and I should have said the first and foremost thing that I do is I stay in prayer. Like, mm -hmm. I pray all the time. Me and God, we argue, we fuss, we fight, we do all that type of stuff, girl. That relationship, real, real. Let me be clear. But I definitely believe in faith. But what I wanted to say is, once I've gone through all of those things and I am centered, now when I go get my nails done, I can relax in that moment. I can go to the spa and relax. I can go get my hair fixed and I can relax. But to your point, like you, you brought up a, a very good point. When you're not there, when you're not centered, you get your nails done. You can't even keep your mind off of what needs to be done at home. What's going on with my phone? What's whatever? Because 
you've not spent that time to like say, okay, let me give myself permission to relax because I've done the other stuff. You know what I mean? So for me, like I say, doing that stuff and then being able to go on a vacation or do whatever so I can really enjoy it, it just works better for me. Yeah. And I, I, like I said, I appreciate you for sharing that because that's something that's, that we miss. It's like when you said, I didn't give myself permission to relax in that space. Mm-hmm. That's, that's very important because I know for me, like I would have, and I had to, and this is what like being in tune with yourself does. So y'all like, full disclosure, I had to work up to now, but I would just be like having like a day where I was feeling anxiety or something, but you know, you almost don't even realize it because especially like when you're working or you're in the thick of something and like out of the blue, I just be like, okay, I'm about to go get my nails done or Mm -hmm. okay, I'm just about to go shopping or like just some very like random ass thing. Like I'm just going to (laughs) go. Right. I was like, oh, that's my anxiety flaring up. So like, it don't go away by the time you come back to whatever it was that you were doing. Um, and so I think it's very important. That's that's really something that's going to stick with me. It's like giving yourself permission to like indulge in, in, and actually enjoy and be present in these moments. So thank you again. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I would never give advice that I wouldn't take myself. And I, I, I know that I've, I'm, I'm so guilty of it. I get overwhelmed busy just like everybody else you know what I'm saying like and and I'm running around and and I've done a whole bunch of stuff and didn't enjoy nothing you know what I mean and I'm just like what was the point you know what I mean like this is all just the inconvenience and so when I started to pull myself back and really just start thinking like okay how can you get to a point where simple stuff like going to get your toes done isn't an inconvenience you know what I'm saying and like I say simply giving myself like it's some days that I'm just like you know what I'm not doing nothing the house is a mess the clothes need to be folded I don't know what they're gonna do for dinner you know what I mean but I'm gonna be okay with what are we eating I don't know figure it out on y'all you too little for y'all you know what I'm saying like (laughs) seriously like I have to you have to have it you know what I mean but like I said, just changing that approach and saying, you know what, today is that day, even sometimes, because I do live a very um, busy life, and and I'm always on a deadline, whether it's at work, or if it's a project that I'm working on, or whatever, and, and it's like, I'll feel guilty if I say, you know what, I just want to catch up on this reality show right quick. You know what I mean? And so, like I said, sometimes I have to plan it, like, hey, Thursday is going to be the day that I'm not doing absolutely nothing, but when I do that, I can enjoy Friday. I get back on whatever it is I need to do. And I don't feel guilty. I don't, you know what I'm saying? Beat myself up about it. I don't do anything. I accept that this is my day that I'm doing me. Yep. It works like a charm. And now, um, before we wrap up, can you tell the listeners where they can get plugged into you at, where they can purchase your book? Like outside of the podcast, how can they plug into you? So you could follow me on um, Instagram at Arthur Lakia. Um, I'm also on Facebook at Arthur Lakia, but I must admit that that's not my space. So it's no tender love and care over there. Um, as y'all can see, I'm very long-winded. <clears throat> so Twitter don't work for me because I can't figure out nothing I can say in, 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 in what is it, 30 characters? <laughs> um, so my space is really um the instagram um if you're interested in in emailing me for anything or whatever um i'm at uh author at lakia.com and um if you go to my instagram page there is a link tree there that gives you access to the links to buy my book um in which they're sold on amazon barnes and nobles anywhere pretty much that you can buy a book um it also gives you access to my YouTube station. Um, here recently, what I, I was doing was I, I had this Wednesday night show that I was doing called Let Me Be Clear. And it was a place where I would tackle different relationships, conversations or whatever. And it was going well, but I recently retired it. <laughs> I had to take a back a step back for it from it because my husband and I also do a Friday Night Live, which is we drink, we talk, job, we do whatever. And Wednesday nights started to kind of, I noticed that the same crowd was joining and the conversations just weren't as contained and I didn't think that I was doing what I set out to do or whatever so I am going to be coming back with a podcast within the next couple of weeks where we'll do exactly what I want to do on let me be clear so that will go up 
basically follow me on Instagram and this is where you'll get most of the access to me and find out the information that you want to get my books follow me wherever I, I am in the link tree um, um, link in my bio <clears throat> to make sure that I put that in the episode notes too so you guys can definitely get plugged in her um, like I said an amazing writer I want to thank you again Kiki for joining me. absolutely more of who you are and more about your amazing god-given talents with my thank audience. you <laughs> and i do want to thank you guys for continuing to tune in and listen to the podcast um and until next time guys <laughs>